Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bullet Points Industry Minute, your inside pass to the business of fun. It's uh, it's been a little bit, it's been a little while since we've been able to uh, get our heads together here, sort of tumultuous time at uh, our, our various publications. I was let go, um, and then I got another job, and then I got let go, and then I got another job. The reasons why aren't that important. It was mostly uh, management said something about my complete inability to write, edit, or speak coherently. Um, but but it's fine because I've I've moved on. I am. Well, it's uh, funny. It's know, funny that they the ones who fired you said that's why they were firing you, and then the ones who hired you said that was why they were hiring you. Yeah. So it's you know it's I think all of us and the people who listen to this podcast understand the business of games and of games journalism. Uh, sorry, I almost said games writing, uh, games journalism, and they know, you know, the the sort of the helter skelter ride of it, the uh, the uroboros of fun, as it were. Uh, so, I haven't properly introduced myself though. I'm Reed McCarter. My my new position, as you've probably seen, I'm junior content strategist at uh, the legacy publication PS2Dreams.com. I'm joined by Ed smith who's also you know had a few ups and downs but is now uh you started i think earlier this week right as senior uh is it plagiarist in chief senior plagiarist of of gamespunk.co.uk i started uh, about 35 minutes ago yeah how's it going are you adjusting to the company culture more or less there's just me here yeah uh see but I've, I've been working on our seo quite a lot and um I'm seeing some excellent results. See, when I started as at, at PS2 Dreams and I, I moved down to the San Francisco office there, um, beautiful city, by the way, beautiful city, um, I was a little dismayed because I came in and there's, I guess, a two-week ban on Nerf guns because everyone was just getting a little bit too silly. And so I was a bit worried about the company culture there. Um, but I guess it's only two weeks and, and we'll we'll see. We can play. There's air hockey still. There's a, a Mortal Kombat machine for us, us retro gamers. We're all uh, in excess of 45 years old, and we enjoy Mortal Kombat a lot. But you know, it's an adjustment, isn't it? I can understand why some places want to put a limit on Nerf gun usage. I mean, I had a, a colleague, and he was so disheartened by the changes made to Dante's appearance in DMC mm. Devil May Cry that um, mm-hmm. he he turned his own nerf gun on himself oh that's well you know I, I said some things on the internet at that time as well I understand that there were pretty heightened emotions you know so it's it's understandable mm. um, Ed so we came together here to kind of you know close off Q4 um, with a little bit of analysis of, of the things that have been going on in the world of games, sort of the art form of games, the most vital art form of the 21st century. And so I think we had talked about, you know, uh, kind an, of the things... Analysts, sorry, I were also speculating that it would be the most vital art form of the 22nd century as well. I judging believe from, so. Judging from sales projections for Q4 2019. Yeah, and I think part of you know we've we crunched a lot of numbers and part of our our projections have to do with something coming up very soon um we kind of thought about the things that we we haven't touched on since we've 
you know, it's been, a, I think, a few months since we managed to do one of these. So we missed a lot of, you know, sort of how the, how the discussions and the art were changing. The medium was changing over the last little while. Um, but we wanted to jump right into what matters in Q4, sort of what I think is going to shape how we remembered this, this last part of the year. And so obviously I'm talking about Black Friday, which is, you know, next week. I've de- I had my advent calendar this year and it had little little doors and it, it goes for all of November up till Black Friday which opens and it's just a a, a Walmart mm. uh, the, the doors kind of automatically open on on, <laughs> on Black Friday itself um, but my advent calendar is really it got, good this year is it got like a little picture of you know a line of people queuing? It does. That's well. That's part of the kind of the illustration on the background mm. is, uh, and so bl- the twenty fourth is kind of in the bottom center, and there's uh, the kind of the people being crushed mm. there, and some really stunning work. Uh, the illustration you can kind of see the fear in the eyes of of those being uh, stampeded upon. Um, but I know what I've I was got, saying. I've, my, I've got the same calendar. I mean, I had to I had to queue up. Um, to buy it, I had to queue up, you know, two days in advance to buy it, but it was worth it. Yeah, I got mine last year oh. as well. Uh, during, uh, actually, no, I got mine Cyber Monday because I was beaten unconscious trying to get to the shelf for it on Black Friday itself. Uh, but luckily, the the hospital had good Wi-Fi, so I was able to I was able to order a mm. you know a 2019 calendar on on Cyber Monday. So I think one of the things is. I always have a hard time sleeping at this time of year because I'm so excited. Um, but I thought the advent calendar, it helped me kind of measure my excitement out, kind of portion it out like a, a daily allowance. Now, what about you? How have you been feeling going into this Black Friday? I've been preparing uh, mm. for some time. now. I mean, usually when it comes to Black Friday, I want to get my hands on the best gaming deals that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. We, get, we get sent a lot of free stuff, you know, a lot of swag yeah. But I also like to take advantage of the Black Friday atmosphere. Uh, it's not just about the purchases, it's also about the shopping and the violence. It's sort of a, yeah, it's a celebration of video games, I think. I think everything the... is there in that one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been, I've been trying to think of you know, increasingly sophisticated ways to be the first person in the, in the, in the shop. Mm-hmm. Now, last year... We don't have Walmart here. We have shops like Tesco and Asda and um, other places that you know provide high-quality entertainment at very reasonable prices. And mm. last year, I just... I, I, it kind of snuck up on me, so I didn't have time to prepare as fully as I would have liked. So I just, I, it was just me, and you know, I camped out until you know, opening hour, and I had... You know, it was just me and, the, and, a, and a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year... I've noticed. I, I was I was watching my local um, entertainment repository, my local electronics shop, and one thing I noticed was that they had a. Um, you, you might have seen them at sort of toy shops and things. You know, it's like Lego men, but it's made out of Lego and it's huge. It's like a mm-hmm. huge Lego guy. So yeah. I've been. I I went in one night. And I've I've practiced it now, so I I timed myself. I 
can dismantle the Lego guy, mm -hmm. get sort of inside it, and then kind of reassemble it around myself in in about thirteen hours. So if I get there as the store closes, and you know, basically, I, I, you know, I might have to chloroform one of the guys. He's, he's like seventy or something. It won't be hard. And if I if I get in there and get past him, then I can basically brick myself into this suit. And as soon as the doors open, I'll kind of break out of it like the mummy or something. And then I'll be See, first in the shop. One thing that worries me a little bit about that approach is I know from having watched... I watched a, a non-interactive video game from... That uh, was super retro. Uh, and they went and they were in Britain... And there was a large man uh, that another smaller man was put inside, and then they lit it on fire um, to sort of, you know, celebrate the renewal of the earth. And I do worry that if the shoppers, you know, if if the gigantic Lego man is say dressed as Santa Claus, and they want to, you know, the shoppers sort of want to perform some kind of, you know, post Thanksgiving sort of sacrifice to ensure a, a good. Uh, Black Friday sales or coupon yield mm -hmm. that they may set it alight and that you could be trapped inside when the plastic begins to melt and you can't, you know, take apart the Lego bricks uh, quickly enough. Is that a concern at all or do you think that'll be... Not really, because I always think of Black Friday as being similar to a religious pilgrimage and if you die during Black Friday then you, you go automatically to heaven. <laughs> yeah, there are obviously there are worse ways to die i think than than on black friday <laughs> which is uh a, a very important day it's a very now, important day yeah now i wonder see i my my plans aren't extremely special my my sort of uh timing plans i've i've uh been digging three tunnels each codenamed separately that um should allow me to come up within um a best buy mm. I, I think is is they have some great deals coming out um but uh i i'm i'm still sort of thinking about what i want i know i want but i'm not sure what i want exactly this black friday see i i feel like in terms of infiltration there are a lot of options available to the to the black friday shopper where um i think we could do with giving our our listeners you know that consumers a little more advice is, is on is on transportation and sort of extraction mm -hmm. uh, because like you I, I, I know what I want I know how I'm going to make my ingress but I don't feel like I have a particularly robust plan for extricating myself along with the you know masses of uh, electronic produce that I've acquired <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. Now, in the past, I've 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 hired. Um, I, I actually paid to fly them over from from Nepal. I've hired a couple of Sherpas, who um, I you know they would they could carry basically about about usually about two or three forty five inch television or forty four inch televisions mm -hmm. uh, on their back each. Um, and I've also had um, I've had like a forklift truck. Now yeah. that's quite helpful uh, as as a, as a means to enter the store as well. Uh, I've actually 
in the past perfected it to such a point where I can I can get in um, and then basically collect everything I want without actually touching any of it with my hands and then just <laughs> reverse back out of the shop um, mm-hmm. through the checkout so that it, it scans on my way past and then I just sort of deposit the money and I, you know I'm in and out in, in you know less than two minutes. It's a good. The forklift is a good uh, crowd displacement tool as well. It's it's really good. It's really, and I've sort of customized mine a little bit. It looks like something from, you know, Death Race. Uh huh. Well, it would have to because, mm. you know, the usual forklift I think has too many open sides, that, mm. uh, you know, your your shopping competitors could really do a little bit of damage to you if they, if they uh, started punching sideways, so. I have my eye on quite a few items. I forget what they are. I know I want them. Mm. Is there anything in specific that that you see? The part of the problem is you buy, you know, and and you collect and you sort of uh, you know gather the materials for the nest. But sometimes when I'm buying these things, I'm also thinking I wish I could have the newer things that I'm more excited about than the things that I can buy now. Mm. And so that's made me think a lot about, you know, uh, Q1 and Q2 next year. Look, Mm. just strong showings. And, you know, this time of year, I always start thinking about things. I sing Auld Lang Syne and my eyes are twinkling with The Last of Us 2 and, and Cyberpunk and... All, all these things that I know are better. The future will be better. Sort of the kingdom of heaven of video games that awaits me. Um, that is always just one or two quarters away. Is there anything that you wish... You know, let's play a little bit of fancy here. Is there anything that you wish you could get during your Black Friday... Uh, well, um, it's funny you should mention... Scrimmage. Because, um, this week, Valve, which is a video game company um, based in America... Uh, they've announced a, uh, a an Ocean's Eight style all female reboot of um, their their Half Life video game, which is a game which has so many great things. You know, there are weapons, um, mm. there are um, interacts that fit interactive physics and elements such as you know buttons and doors and. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds as well and they've they've said that they're going to make another one of these and not only is it going to be on game consoles which is very exciting mm. um and on on computers it's gonna be uh virtual reality thank god yeah i know right because yeah like we we talk so much amongst ourselves about how an art form progresses you know we we naturally as games journalists video games are the most exciting form of art on the planet and i think you've always seen throughout human history that art stops progressing when it doesn't if being able to appreciate it doesn't cost at least 1100 uh u.s dollars um, during a time of, of great economic disparity. I think in the feudal ages, you had uh, churches, which made, you know, they were often beautiful, had beautiful paintings and sort of the local, the, the best of the best in terms of where you could hear music. Um, 
and and where you could hear stories and where you could appreciate architecture and uh or level design i forget what it's called or um you know, all these things but the problem that they ran into is that at a certain point what else are you going to do you're going to stand there and you're just going to kind of receive it it's not immersive enough mm. and so i think this is the step that we've been waiting for and of course valve who just a treasured game maker have made nothing but uh you know some of the greatest things i have gordon freeman's face tattooed on my back as uh so when i'm at the beach people can sort of feel inspired when they see me walking into the ocean kind of uh sinking into the waves um and so i i think this is smart i think this is the smartest step i think video games have become too inexpensive uh too accessible and i think it's really the people the sort of art first visionaries at valve who are going to get us out of that mess and i think this half-life vr is a great set i'm not so sure about this all women cast though it's a little bit alienating for me who used to identify so strongly as gordon freeman well i i tried to um get some response on this from valve themselves you may have heard of uh, uh doug lombardi who is one of mm. the executives at, at, at valve um but while I was on the, I was trying to get his number from um, uh, the sort of directories, you know, the the operator, and there there must have been some sort of cross line, or she must have misheard me because um, instead of giving me the number for the, the address rather for for Doug Lombardi, she she gave me the address of um, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, mm. um, so I, I mean I, you know, the clock was ticking. I knew that we needed, you know, so I went and asked him what he thought of Half Life, and I'll, I'll read his 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 quote. Um, Please. Uh, he, he said, uh, I've never heard of Half-Life. That sounds like some dumb nerd shit. Now go away. So what I'm thinking is that if, if Valve can... Admittedly, putting all... Um, making the characters all... Um, well, not all of them, but making the lead character into a... Um, what are they called? Uh, a female. That's the one. Uh... Yeah, it might be alienating initially, but it also might help the game to reach a you know a broader audience, including and, people like um, like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, or you know, uh, Charlie X X C X and and Lizzo. I think if you bring these kind of figures into video games, mm. uh, you know, it's can you imagine if you saw perhaps uh little nas x playing half-life on on well you wouldn't see him because he'd be inside his home uh blind and deaf to everything around him with his face sort of stuck into the the virtual reality headset but imagine he had a photo op where you saw him doing that yeah how sort of aspirational that would be it's like when uh it's like whenever i see someone who's more successful uh than me sort of showing off their house or something on, on TV or the internet, it makes me want to be bigger and better. And I think what Valve is doing, in a sense, by opening the gates kind of, is saying we can all be bigger and better and, and sort of richer. And and by doing so, we can look into the, the headset well, and play Half-Life. I, I remember when uh, Migos announced uh, that um, he or, or, or they, I can't remember whether it's a man or, or more than one man, but one of them said that um, they were very 
big fans of um, GoldenEye Reloaded on mm-hmm. the Nintendo Wii, and scales for that uh, scale, sc- sales for that game just went you know, marginally upwards, um, which was very yeah. I think that proves your point. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think about the? So I think it's a good idea, and. I've always sort of admired this about Valve is that they're sort of an economics first company. You know, they they don't make the games that aren't going to make them money, and I mm. think that's smart. So what do you think about the the virtual reality headset within that that sort of framework? Is it a mistake? We like we we've talked, you know, well, so far we don't think it's a mistake. I think it's aspirational technology, but anything else you think about that? I, I don't think that we should necessarily ask myself uh, or, or just limit us to, to your and my opinion on this. I actually um, I've invited someone to be on the show today because I anticipated that this would would, would come up now. Mm-hmm. Um, now we, we you know what is I think a priority for every video game company aside from necessarily well actually I think they they exist alongside one another. Uh, if you're going to be financially successful, you also need to be very on side and to please your fans. Right. Of so, course. in terms of the likelihood of Half-Life's, um, the Half-Life woman's financial possibilities, I thought the, fe- the female, the f- yeah, that's the one. I thought that um, it would be interesting to get the point of view of uh, basically a Half-Life mega fan. Um, oh. So, I'd like to I'd like to welcome on the show um, Reese Clifford Moss, who is the president of the Clinically. Uh, which is in Wales um, chapter of the the Half Life fan club. Okay, do you uh, do you uh, is he on now, or do do I need to transfer the call here? I'm no, just no, the... no, I'm here. Oh, uh, Reese, <laughs> hi, 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 Reese, how's it going? You're right. Uh, so Half Life, you heard us talking about Half Life. What are your thoughts? Oh, I tell you what, this, I uh, I heard it was coming out, and I've never seen. I've never seen the village more excited. Uh, the mayor, the mayor came out. Uh, he said, "Right, everybody, everyone get together, listen up." And then he, uh, he had his laptop and he turned it around and uh, he got YouTube on, mm. and uh, he was playing the video. Uh, and everyone was just like, "Well, there we go. Next year is going to be alright." Now, Reese, what do you think about the the? Uh the Ocean's 8 style choice to have three females Fine as by playable me. characters. Fine by me. No. I've been following Half-Life since... Ooh, when was it now? Uh, 1973. And I've noticed uh, that women uh, which I think is what uh, you call them in the uh, United States of America uh, mm. they've been in those games all the time, all the time. Uh, there's Have loads. They? That's right. Uh, I think uh, one of them's called Joanne, and <laughs> there's another one called uh, Susan. And uh, the order is there. No bother. No bother. You know, it doesn't get in the way. So it's fine. Uh, I can't remember the last time I played a video game with uh, one of them as like uh, the main character. But uh, no, it's fine by me. I spoke to some of the boys. And mm. uh, they all think the same, basically. Uh, they said, Reese, you know, we're a bit worried about uh, the woman. And I said, well, listen, 
it's Half-Life, you know, and uh, it's VR, so, you know, uh, so don't, that, don't lose any sleep over it. Oh, that's good, okay, that's good. That is good, now, isn't it? Uh, about the, uh, the, the finance, I, I, I don't want to be too personal here, but the, the financial aspect, do you think that uh, you and, and maybe the boys, do you think everyone's going to be able to enjoy this video game? That they're so excited about with, but, yeah, with that having is the big to question, to, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, um, whether or not it is, you know, uh, what's the word? Whether or not it's likely to make it more financially successful, I couldn't say. I couldn't say. Now I've seen games, you know, over the years, and you think, well, there it is, surefire hit. Everyone's going to be playing that. You know, mm-hmm. won't be able to. Won't be. I'll be sick of hearing about that in about two months. You know, you're thinking now. Uh, remember that game? I think it was called Lawbreakers. Remember that? Uh, yeah, it was a yeah. strong product. Disappointing, disappointing returns on it. That's right. And I was thinking Lawbreakers. Everyone's going to be playing that. Won't be able to move for Lawbreakers when that comes out. Two mm. months. Two months later, bag of shit. Mm. No one's interested. Now I'm looking at Half Life, and I'm thinking, right. It could be that comes out, no one's bothered. And I think that the fact I'm thinking that means actually it actually might be quite successful. Because I've had games like that in the past where I've looked at it and I thought, no, no chance. And then, you know, next thing you know, Final Fantasy XV. So (laughs) I think, you know, there's going to be a certain amount, a certain contingent of people. Uh, who aren't very into the whole uh, woman thing. Mm. But on the whole, so long as you've got, you know, a small fortune to spend on it, mm-hmm. you you're gonna you're gonna get it. Well yeah, that's that's interesting. Now, Reese, just one last question before I let you go, I know. That's alright, you... that's alright. Take your time. Take your always happy to talk about half life. Okay. Um well, maybe just one quick question before the last one. Then, uh-huh. what's your favorite moment from the from the Half Life series? Oh, that's so a far? Gr- that's a great question. I get asked that all the time. Uh, I get asked <laughs> that all the time. Now, I get that asked that uh, you know in person. You know, I might be I might be walking to the bakery and someone shouts out from like a, a passing car, Reese, what's your favorite?" And I have to like uh-huh. quickly turn around and answer before they've gone. Or uh, it might be on the forums, you know, on the message boards, or sometimes mm-hmm. just in the dead of night, the phone will go. You know, uh, the wife will wake up, she'll pass it to me, she'll say, oh, it's somebody else from uh, uh, Borneo, or whatever. Uh, they mm. want to know, what's your favourite? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, obviously, I've had to give it some thought, because there's a lot of people want to know. Uh, my favourite moment from all of Half-Life is the bit where, do you remember in the first game? Yeah. With the big plant, Classic. The big plant thing, the big sort of tent- <coughs> tentacly plant thing that you brought with the rocket engine. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's my favorite. Okay, uh, well, it's good to know. I think that is uh, a very strong moment in that in that game. I named uh, uh, I named my second son after that, actually. Oh yeah, how, what's the name? Well, the level is called Blaspe. So he's <laughs> uh, he's uh, Daffy Blaspe, Clifford Moss. <laughs> that's... Uh, sorry, he's, I don't uh, mean to laugh. That's a beautiful no, name. No, no, no. It's, just... it's, it's all right. He's a uh, he's a security guard now. Oh, that's good for him. Good yeah, for him. That's what I thought. On the uh, on the ISS, that is on the uh, space station. <laughs> oh, that's 
that's uh, that's that's beautiful. That's really great. Thanks. Um, now, uh, you know, you, you talk about your son up on the space station. That's right. And it, it makes me think about uh, some things. He's here. up there and now, looking down. I'm. That's comforting to know. Yeah. <laughs> that little. Uh, well, he's not little anymore, is he? He's an adult blast pit now. Uh, he's uh, thirteen next week. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I wanted to ask you. There, uh, Valve was very clear when they uh, when they announced the game and they were talking about uh, various language support. Mm. They said, uh, uh, Reese, sort of for political reasons here, and I don't mean to make you touchy, um, but they said uh, full Irish translation, um, full Scotch uh, Scottish Gaelic translation. Uh, they even said they're going to have a, a Cornish dialect sort of translation here, but no plans for Welsh whatsoever. Um, does, do you have any thoughts about that as, you know, as, as a Welsh man? Well, there's not a lot to get... There is a Welsh version of Half-Life. It's called Hannah Bewith. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, <laughs> there's Hannah Bewith... And then you've got uh, Hannah uh 2. And then, right. uh, obviously, there's Prenor Hannah Us 1. She's episode 1. Uh, and then there's Prenor Hannah Us Dow uh, as so, well. I'm still so waiting. Think- I'm still waiting uh, patiently for Prenor Hannah Us try. But uh, one can hope. One can only hope. So, what tends to happen uh, over here? Now, they're aware of the fan group, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and they've been they've been ever so good getting in touch, staying in touch. You know, mm-hmm. occasionally they'll give me a ring and uh, just say, Reese, how's it going? And uh, I'll say, yeah, you know, everything's fine. So, what tends to happen? Now, we've got an advantage here because, you know, uh, what's his name? Gordon Freeman. Didn't speak. Right. Didn't speak. So, because of that, easy to imagine. You know, just speaking in Welsh, it's fine. Oh, of course, of yeah. course. And then what we tend to do is we've got, uh, got a lad works here, David. Uh, we call him we call him Die Mod because, you know, he makes lots of mods for, for computers. <laughs> right. And what he tends to do is uh, whenever a new Half-Life game comes out, or any Valve game, uh, most games, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, he'll go in to the sound files and he'll take out all of the voices. And then me and the boys will just record the dialogue ourselves, and then we'll put that back in. Only only downside to that, Reed, is uh, it means the characters like your Alex and your and your and your uh, Susan, um, well, they got my voice. But, right. Uh, and the aliens as well. I mean, everybody, everybody. So it can be confusing, but uh, it does make it feel like uh, a little bit closer to home. Yeah, well, that's that's great. I think it's it's great that. You know, I think Valve runs on on the assumption that the people will make what they want. The people always know what's right. Mm, that's and true. So it's I think it's heartening to see that happening too in uh, with the uh, the Welsh uh, Half Life community. So yes, I just want to I just want before uh, we, we let Reese go. I just want you to um, I just want to to let people know that if you if you just go to at um, Half Life Wales, you can follow him on Twitter. That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm on Twitter now. Uh, I used to be on Pinterest, but um, got hacked, so had to t- had to take that down. Uh, but yeah, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, he's on Twitter uh, at Half Life Wales, 
um, and and you can keep up with with all the events coming from the the, the Half Life Welsh uh, fan community. Uh, I understand that you've got um, a, a, a parade coming up soon. Uh, no, that's just that's just gone. Ashley, you just missed that. Uh, we made a we made a fl- you know the little uh, the little little tram thing that he comes in on in the in the first game. Oh, yeah, we got all that. All the kids from the primary school in there. I just drove it around for about five hours. Uh, cracking, that's, that's it was nice. cracking. Um, that's nice. But anyway, yeah, you can you can follow all that online. Well, thanks so much, Reese. I I believe I found I believe I found your Twitter profile here. I'm going to follow you. I I love this this picture of uh, a dragon with a goatee and little uh, black frame glasses. I think that's a really a really neat uh, image you've made there for for your your group. Well, that was my uh, niece. That was her club. Oh, was it? Oh, well, pass pass along the uh, the kind words to her. I think she's really promising. Thank you. Thank you. All right, is that everything? Uh, yeah, that's it, Reese. Uh, please go and enjoy some more Half Life. Thank you very much. All right, I'll see you soon. See you, see okay. you, Reese. Thanks for thanks for dropping in. Well, it's it's good, isn't it, to to interact with the um, the gaming community. I think from time to time, you know, as, as as journalists, we can sometimes get a little bit lost in our own opinions. So it's good to talk to the public. Yeah, and you you really see, I think, how uh, a good video game story can really be transformative uh, for someone like Reese to, you know, kind of give him a sense of identity that uh, and, and a community to belong to. Mm, exactly, exactly. I wish I wish he hadn't slammed the door like that on his way out. Those. Well, um, he's a big man. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know his strength. He's emphatic. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so, oh, excuse me. No, no, no. We, we were talking about fans, and and obviously, it's 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 nice to hear you know positivity from fans like that. But obviously, it's not always positive, is it, from the from the fans? No, no. And this is still, I think, uh, staying uh, within within Britain. Here, we we uh, the new British Pokemon uh, has has come out. I think it's a, a great time. I think Nintendo noticed over the last few years it's a it's a great time to celebrate sort of the core values of of uh, of, of of Britain, mm. um, and so they they put out this this game uh, Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield uh, on on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I think is sort of a celebration of Britain, but they appear to have misfired somewhat by. Uh, I think the the past Pokemon game had had more of those you know wonderful little creatures inside of it, mm. and this one has uh, somewhat fewer little little creatures inside of it, and so the the Pokemon fans are upset. They're blaming Nintendo for. I think they were saying that um, the you know the the creators are lazy, and mm. that they've been sleeping uh, eight hour nights, and that they're essentially disappointed in in this product <clears throat> so they created the hashtag uh dexit referring to the pokemon uh, dex and uh which is how many pokemon there are and they were you know getting out there making their voices heard which usually we we enjoy because that creates better games but this time they may create a better game in the future but it's a little bit a little bit too uh severe and I think we want we wanted to take a few moments to to speak about this and how it will impact Nintendo's Q4. 
I, I can understand, you know, where video game fans come from. It, it wasn't so long ago, you know, it wasn't in that, that distant past that, you know, video gamers were, were being persecuted for, mm. for their beliefs and, and locked and up. Still, and, and still are. Come on, you can't minimize. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, a lot of the, the, the footage from you know, places like Guantanamo Bay is, is very disturbing. Um, mm-hmm. Where you've got people, you know, being deprived of their um, uh, their, their their PS Vita for, for mm-hmm. you know a, a days at a time. Um, so I can understand why you know video game fans feel like they they, they, they need to stand up to this kind of oppression. But yeah. at the same time, uh, I I think that we shouldn't stifle video game companies' freedom of creativity, and I think that they should be allowed to have free speech Mm. so this is confusing for me because i understand what you're saying you know i'm a big free speech uh fan i'm I'm part of that fandom uh have always been part of that fandom but sometimes i think the free speech can be a little bit too much even though i know i know i know that this this outcry is going to lead to a better next pokemon game and i you know i i lost it when when i saw that there were uh, i think three fewer pokemon in this pokemon game and uh my child asked me what was wrong uh because i i scared uh little pikachu quite a bit when i was sort of thrashing around um, our, our home and and stabbing my Charmander puppet with, with the kitchen knife and screaming and you know face beat red and tears streaming down my face and, and you know little Pikachu was saying what's wrong daddy what's wrong and I said you don't understand you little idiot what this means that there are fewer Pokemon for daddy to catch now well I remember, um, I remember watching this on Twitch yeah yeah, I I should have cut the stream, but the numbers were going up, and it seemed good. Now, but I... So I understand. I sympathize. Obviously, I sympathize. <clears throat> you saw me out there on the White House lawn, um, d- dressed as uh, Squirtle. You saw that, and, mm. and I was as mad as anyone. But I do think it worries me. It worries me that this... This may be going too far. Because Nintendo is fun. This isn't electronic arts we're talking about. You can just picture uh, Miyamoto inside, and his feelings are hurt. Mm. And, you know, he makes all the video games there in his shop. And you can just picture, what if his feelings are hurt and he doesn't make as many Mm. going forward? Mm. And that's going to affect the bottom line. And can you imagine a video game world without Nintendo? A company that can do no wrong. Mm. So that's that's sort of where my head's at. It's... I'm open to hearing different points of view, but really concerned. Uh, I yeah, I mean, I don't want to see anybody get their feelings hurt or changed or challenged or influenced or reflected or commented upon or referred to in any right. video game ever. Right. Uh, so ultimately, I hope that what happens with this is that it it, it doesn't mean anything. Um, now, I can only imagine that Shigeru Miyamoto is a fairly resilient man. 
uh, and that he can take a little bit of constructive feedback. At the same time, I think that video gamers have got to display a similar attitude. And if they are told to, you know, just just shut up, then there comes a point where maybe they have to just just settle for the ten million other Pokemon games that exist. Ten million and and uh, uh, seven. Right. See, that's interesting you say that too, because I also I think about this, and in my initial rage, um, which frightened dear little Pikachu so so strongly. And uh, my little darling Mewtwo as well, who is temporarily taken to uh, her aunt's house for safekeeping. Um, initially, I was mad at Miyamoto, and I sort of fell to my knees. And especially, it was sort of a, a dark, a dark night of of the I forget what it's called, uh, uh, dark night of the, uh, the Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. That's right. It was. It was. The Dark Knight Returns, I think, is what I was thinking of. I, I fell to my knees and I was sort of uh, rending my clothes and tearing at my flesh and, and gnashing my teeth and uh, pulling at my hair and screaming, you know, why hath Miyamoto forsaken me? Um, but then I understood. I kind of had this vision during the night and <laughs> I was lying lying in bed, kicked mm. all the covers off, sweat right through through the mattress uh into the frame and the frame was kind of creaking with with sweat and this uh i was kind of lying there staring at the ceiling still sobbing and then i heard it's a me mario and i looked in the corner of the room and this four foot tall mario came in and he just the crown of thorns was digging into his his forehead and the blood was sort of lightly running down but it looked peaceful at the same time Mm. And he was, you know, his overall, he was wearing white overalls instead of the usual red and blue. And he said, why are you so, so mad at the Miyamoto? And I said, I'm not, I can't believe that he would do this. And Mario came and he put his giant uh, gloved hand on my shoulder and he wept with me. And I understood in that moment something that was so beautiful and pure and sort of revitalizing to, to me that... Miyamoto, he knows what he's doing. Mm. Even if it's hard for us to to kind of work through it ourselves, all of this happens for a reason, you know? He, Link doesn't talk for a reason. Mario saves the princess for a reason. He's Italian for a reason that we all know. And so if he has to take a few Pokemon out of, out of the, the, the decks, then uh, maybe it's for us to work through and maybe he wants us to sort of grow through understanding that decision I, I couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more I think that is very profound albeit intensely deluded and hallucinatory wisdom well I mean you remember what you were saying to me when you were playing The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D HD edition and, and you called me and and you said that you had you had seen the Godhead, and <clears throat> you were sort of gibbering, uh, and and saying that you you couldn't come back to normal life. Mm. You, you remember these feelings? Yeah, I mean, I, I sounded like uh, Robert De Niro at the end of Cape Fear. You know. So so I, you know, don't minimize what I was feeling. I, I'm sure you understand. I do. If you can I kind do. of take I yourself do. back I to do. that moment. I do. Um, 
So, I guess that's the thing. And you know, through Miyamoto come profits. I think we've we've all, in in the the economic sense before, we've doubted. You know, through the the dark days of the Virtual Boy, his mm. his his only begotten son, the Virtual Boy, uh, who was taken from us was punished and removed and uh what's it what's it called the the nintendo wii u mm. we feared for the financial health of of miyamoto and nintendo but they came through in the end didn't they mm. Mm-hmm. exactly i think they will again and so i think maybe that's a good place to wrap up unless you have anything you know i think about the rejuvenating spirit of nintendo this black friday and i think of what that has to say about the the black friday season Mm. As as we kind of come to the end of Q4, I think it's good to reflect on these things. Um, is there anything you want to add? Uh, no. No. Okay. Well, listen. I have I have a lot of. Uh, I have to go to the army surplus store and get a f- few last things uh, picked out for me. There's. Spraying, uh, they're doing up a, my body armor for Black Friday in, in sort of a Master Chief um, original Halo one, olive green. So I'm excited to try that on. Mm. And uh, so I, I, I've got to get going. Um, Ed, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, my show. That's right. So until until next time. That's uh, the bullet points. Industry Minute, your inside pass to the business of fun. Happy Q4, everyone. Happy uh, Black Friday. Uh, Enjoy it and, and try to take a moment to reflect on the meaning of Black Friday.